Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The late Julia Child once said, To be a good cook, you have to have a love of the good, a love of hard work, and a love of creating. So many people in our congregation love to cook. It's a passion. It creates. It starts with hope, and most of the time, God willing, something wonderful results. I bring up cooking this morning because today has been known in some church circles traditionally as Stir Up Sunday. Stir Up Sunday. We get this from the beginning of our collect or our opening prayer for the day that says, Stir up your power, O Lord, and with your great might come among us. But in the old days, especially in England, this collect was prayed continually through the Advent season, and it was a reminder to people that it was time to stir up your dried fruits and nuts, some spices and maybe a dash of brandy or rum or whiskey, to begin making a hearty Christmas pudding. That process to prepare the Christmas pudding would take weeks. You would cook everything up, and then you would stir it. Then you would cool it off, put it back on the shelf, leave it for a while. Then you'd go back to it, mix it up again, leave it again. And then finally, you would steam it on Christmas Eve and serve it to family and guests. Stirring up things is creative. Nowadays, cooking isn't always done out of necessity. Sometimes it is done out of love. Love for good things, love for good food, love for creating something new. Advent calls us to stir up love. In fact, what's so appropriate about this time of year is that in the old Roman liturgy that was used in England, the prayer for every Sunday of Advent began with the Latin words, Exita quesumus domine. Stir up, excite us, O Lord. This forward-looking call for God to act gives us direction on where we go at this time of year. Our readings, especially today, reflect this. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians calls us to rejoice always, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. To rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. To give thanks always, for this is what Christ wants from you. Interestingly enough, biblical scholars believe that this is actually the oldest piece of writing in the entire New Testament. This letter of Paul to the Thessalonians, this piece, is the first thing that was ever said or written down, actually, about who Jesus is. 
it predates the Gospels by at least 10 years. So let's think about this. Here's a disciple, Paul, who writes a letter to a people in Thessalonica in Greece who are clearly struggling with what they've heard about Jesus. They've heard parts of the story, but they're struggling with when he will come back again. They're languishing in the waiting. They're forgetting how to live in anticipation that God will act in some way, in somehow, through them as well. They're wanting to check out of life and sit around and wait for Christ's return. And so Paul has to tell them, nope, that's, that's not how it works. Sorry. Do I know when Jesus is returning? No. Does anyone else? Don't bet on it. So maybe our focus needs to be different. Our focus needs to be on rejoicing, building up the kingdom of God, praying without ceasing, keeping in relationship with God, and giving thanks always for all that we have and all that we are continuously given by God. That's their focus. Not to pine away the time waiting for Christ to come, but to get going, to be fully alive, to be an active participant in ministry, and to prepare the way of the Lord. And in the same manner that a good cook knows that lots of prep time is required to make a good meal, so then being a disciple of Jesus requires ongoing preparation too. And for us at Trinity, we see this as an ongoing preparation for God's way, the way of the Lord in all sorts of possibilities. Let me offer this slice of our life, though, for now. Three words for you today. Initiation, celebration, mission. Initiation, celebration, mission. First word, initiation. The Christian life has all sorts of ways for us being initiated into a new relationship with God. Many of these are answers to a call, but they take place in community. Just yesterday, we celebrated our community's recognition of God's call in Whitney to become a priest for the church. This call is something that was recognized by many people, not just people in Texas or in Virginia, but also here as well. And if you haven't heard a lot of her story of how she was called into ministry, you owe yourselves the privilege to hear it, because it might remind you how God has called you into your own relationship with God as well. But besides ordinations, we hold baptisms of both adults and children frequently around here to recognize how God continues to call parents and children into a new way of life, into new living. And our emphasis on baptism will continue. If you're an adult who hasn't been baptized yet, Give Whitney or I a call, and let's talk about it. Please reach out. Let's talk. And likewise, if you're a parent, 
and you'd like for your child to be baptized, please be in touch with us. Let's schedule a meeting. These times of initiation, these rites remind us how God is alive in our community, how God is active among us. God is stirring us up and is not ever going to be able to be silent in our lives. God is stirring us up. The next thing is celebration. A church that celebrates is a church that rejoices always in an intentional way. We celebrate every Sunday when we call upon the Holy Spirit to descend upon our gifts of bread and wine that they may truly become the body and blood of Christ for our restoration, healing, our forgiveness. This is the core act that we do, and it's what sustains us as the people of God, moving us to explore new possibilities of what life with God will continually look like. And as a result of our Eucharist, our Eucharist drives us to further celebration. Christians are supposed to be, by nature, people who rejoice. And here's how we do this around here. Every Sunday, new people visit our congregation, intentionally looking for a new community of faith. Advent calls on us to take on practices like going up to a stranger and saying, are you new to Trinity Cathedral or are you new to me? Through meeting others, we might actually see a broader picture of how the entire body of Christ, the whole community of faith that we call the church, how this entire body glorifies God. This is important work to greet people we do not know and rejoice in them the work that God has done in their life. But it goes further than this. We also celebrate when we prepare and we participate in festivals together, such as All Saints Sunday and our Messiah sing-along, or coming up with our Christmas lessons and carols and with our Christmas Eve services, and even by continuing to celebrate Christmas as a 12-day festival. It doesn't just happen on the 25th and then it's over. It's a 12-day festival. So how will you celebrate the full 12 days? And finally, this is the big one. Giving thanks through being part of our mission. Mission is an extremely important part of Trinity Cathedral of any church community because the word mission describes how we are sent by God out to do God's work. How God is sending us forth to be the heart and hands and feet of Jesus in the world. And the mission, our work that God is sending us, this mission begins by hearing Isaiah remind us why we exist as a Christian community to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, to letting the oppressed go free. These are the exact words, the exact words that Jesus uses to describe his own ministry when he reads from the scroll in the temple. They are his mission and ministry, and they're ours as well. So how do we apply this? 
Well, we're off to a pretty good start. Through our Thanksgiving and Christmas homeless breakfasts, through our continuous work through the MDG committees supporting children in Tanzania and in Haiti, and through all kinds of other volunteer opportunities that people do in this congregation. But we have more local work here to do as well. And here's where we need to go with this. In 2015, I would like to call on people of this congregation to stir up our energy in the heart of downtown Phoenix and to, 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 to do at least two big things. One, to get more involved in partnerships, such as the one that we have at ICM, Interfaith Church Ministries. ICM is an amazing group that offers food, clothing, and medical care to the working poor. Trinity Cathedral was a founder, and we owe it to this organization to help shape its future, and we can and we will. And secondly, to partner with local neighborhood schools to determine how we as the people of God, as the people of this congregation, can stir new energy into our local education system and bring new life into places in our local schools that need life. We can be agents for things like racial reconciliation. We can heal old wounds that have hindered people in our neighborhood for decades. We can offer new hope new possibilities for our neighborhood children. And we have love for one another and love for our neighbors that calls us to express this in a way that builds up all God's people. As the end of the letter to the Thessalonians that we heard today, our reading says, the one who is with us is faithful and he will do this. We can do this. Yes, we really can. Initiation, celebration, and mission. It's work, but it's very good work that we're being called to live into. As Paul says, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. And the more we ask God to stir us up, the more we ask God to stir up our world, the more we let God inject new beginnings and possibilities in everything that we encounter, we better look out, prepare, and keep awake. Because something will happen in front of our own eyes that will be greater than anything that we can imagine. The power of God is ready to stir things up. That word power that's used about the power of God all throughout the New Testament, that word power, it's translated from the Greek word that is dunamis, which we derive the word dynamite. God's power like dynamite. Imagine how the world could truly be stirred. Not just with Julia Child's majestic cooking creations or a traditional English Christmas pudding, but with the dunamis of Jesus 
coming into the world. Thomas Merton, the 20th century monastic, sums up what we need to hear this Sunday best when he writes, Make ready for the Christ, whose smile like lightning sets free the song of everlasting glory that now sleeps in your paper flesh like dynamite. God is about to unleash something generative, something creative, joyful in you, in us, that is far greater than we'll ever know. Exita que sumus domine, make ready for the Christ whose smile like lightning sets free the song of everlasting glory that now sleeps in your paper flesh like dynamite.